like to add my thanks also to the girls and boys. I think they've done absolutely brilliantly. Uh, you surprise us every time, and you've got a great lot of teachers, girls and boys, who really do help you uh, to sing God's praises. So thank you so much for that. That was really good. I did, en- I did envision that, uh, and I obviously got this wrong from the start, I did envision that the children would be sat here around me up at the front. Uh, but that didn't work out, so that's the first thing to go wrong. But then I thought, well, that's not too bad a thing to go wrong because it's good that you children can go and sit with your mums and, and your dads, of course, um, to be with them together. So that's really good. Today is Mother's Day, and I come bearing gifts. So, Abigail, you can be the gift giver, if you don't mind doing that. You can't have one. You keep your eyes on <laughs> So today is Mother's Day, and I thought, I don't know how I come to this conclusion, but I thought it would be a great day to talk about mothers. I think that's pretty logical, don't you, that we can talk about mums on Mother's Day. Any mums here this morning? Hands up, mums. Come on, put your hands up. Yeah, that's it, put them down again. Any grandmas here this morning? Well, look at this, this is a bit telling now, isn't it, eh? It's good, grandmas, you're still... You're still mums. Here's the next one. Any great-grandmas here this morning? Whoa! Two great-grandmas. Give them a clap. That's really good. So that's absolutely brilliant. I'm sorry, dads. This isn't our day. Now, I believe in June, there is a day called Father's Day. So the leaders of this church take note that Father's Day is up and coming... And we don't want daffodils, but if you can give us a bar of chocolate each on Father's Day, <laughs> that, that, that would be absolutely brilliant. Um, you can dream, can't you? I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, bear it in mind. Ian, you're, you're an elder. You bear that in mind about dads. You're a dad too. So it's great that we're here. And <clears throat> mums, are very <clears throat> excuse me, mums are very special ladies, aren't they? Well, I think they are. I thought my mum was a special lady, and I haven't had a mum for many, many years. And uh, so you treasure your mums. You look after them. And now I'm going to talk to you this morning as a lady in the Bible who was a mum. And this lady, she was great. There's There's not a lot said about her, but she believed in miracles. This lady believed in miracles. She believed she had a God who could do miraculous things. She had a God who could do great things. She had a God who could do wonderful things. He could do miraculous things, things that nobody else, no other God with a small g could do. No other person could do the things that her God uh, could do. And there's nobody else. There's nobody else, girls and boys, mums and dads. There's nobody else like God. God has no equal. There is no one equal to God. God has no rival. Uh, Nobody can stand against God and bash him and beat him because he has no equal. He has no rivals. And I want to tell you this morning, if you forget everything else before you leave this place this morning, remember that our God reigns. Amen? Our God reigns. So remember that, if that's the only thing uh, that you remember. Wasn't it great, though, for this lady... To believe in a God like that. Um, her God was not made by human hands. It wasn't carved out of a block of wood and people would bow down to this block of wood or a block of stone. It wasn't a God like that. Her God was a different God. Her God was a living God. 
These other gods, they can't move, they can't speak, they have no being, but our God can do all these things, girls and boys and mums and dads. So remember, this is our God, and this is the God that this lady uh, came to worship uh, um, in her life while she was here on earth. Do you know, I've got a verse written down here. I just want to tell you this first, because I think it's, I think it's, it's a great verse, and it? it's kind of humorous. This is about false gods. Listen, this is what the Lord says. False gods, they're like scarecrows in a cucumber field. Their idols cannot speak. They must be carved because they cannot walk. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Don't fear them. They can do neither harm, nor, they can, do, nor can they do you any good. So that's, that's what false gods are like. They're like scarecrows. You've seen scarecrows in the fields? I mean, not in cucumber fields, perhaps, but you've seen scarecrows. And that's what false gods are like. They just stand there with their heads bowed down and trying to scare the crows. And that's what false gods, that's what the Bible says false gods are like. But this lady this morning, she worshipped the living God as best she could. Girls and boys, now's the time to get a, an Easter egg. Or if you can't eat chocolate, because I know some, some can't. There's some Haribos there as well if, uh, if you can't eat chocolates. Here's the first question. Does anybody, any girl or boy, know any mums in the Bible? Hands up if you know a mum that's in the Bible. Yeah. Mary, Mary give them a chocolate or a... Oh, come on, you've got to do some work now. You've got to, you've got to move around. Yes, what do you say? Uh, Hannah. Hannah, that's good. Yeah, Hannah. Way back in the Old Testament, Hannah. Any other mums in the Bible that you know of? Oh, hand up, hand down. <clears throat> there are quite a few, but I haven't got them listed uh, down here this morning. Um, <clears throat> any of the oldies know if there's any mums in the Bible? Then? No. Who? Naomi. Naomi, yeah. Matthew's an oldie. He doesn't look like it, <laughs> but he's an oldie. He's the only one that owned up to it. Yeah, that's another mum in the Bible. Who? Sarah. Sarah? She was in a... No, don't give them chocolate. No, that's... <laughs> oh, go on. What, what are you going to say? Eve. That's a good one, isn't it? Where you go, man. Eve, mother of all mothers. Yeah. So that's brilliant. Now, this mum this morning, you haven't mentioned her name. And when Kevin read the Bible, I said to him, look, read the passage that I've given to you. But don't... I think it was in verse 13 that her name was mentioned. But he didn't mention her name. Now, who is the mum that we're talking about, or I'm talking about, and you're listening. Who's the mum this morning? Anybody? Did anybody? Sorry? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Go on. Come on, Abby. Up you go. <laughs> Get down there. Dom, down the back there. That's it. <laughs> Elizabeth is the mother that we're talking about this morning. Uh, do you know what her son's name was? John. John, that's it. Her son's name, he became known as John the Baptist, but they didn't call him John the Baptist when he was born, because that would have been a bit silly, wouldn't it? So they just called him John when he was born. Do you know what her husband's name was? My ears are not what they used to be. Zachariah. Yeah, Zachariah. Well done. That, her husband's name was Zachariah. Anybody know what Zachariah's job was? Was he a bricklayer, a carpenter? Or was he a financial analyst, a computer wizard? What was, what was he? A Baptist. <laughs> that's good. That's good. One, one minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry? Captain. Captain, that's a good one, but that's not correct. Have a given, oh, yeah, give him one. Yeah. yeah, go on in. He was a priest. 
That's right. Zachariah, husband, um, he, uh, Elizabeth's wife was Zachariah, and he was a priest. But do you know what the Bible says about Elizabeth and Zachariah? What do you think? What do you think the Bible says about this married couple, Elizabeth and Zachariah? Any ideas? What would? How would you describe them? How does the Bible describe them? They're quite old, yeah, they are old. And the Bible says a lot of things, well, it says a few things about them. I've got down here, written down down here, it says, both Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. Isn't that a lovely description of people, of a married couple, that they were righteous before God? And that applies to married couples even today who are in the Lord. They are righteous before God. And that's how the Bible uh, described... um, this part, they put it in modern times. They, they were a lovely couple. They just fitted together like hand in glove, and they were just a good couple uh, to be together. But there was a problem. There was a problem with Elizabeth and Zechariah. What do you think that problem was? Right now, they were old, and what was the problem? They didn't have a son. That's right. So this couple, I don't know how old they were. Uh, I don't know, 70s, 80s. But they didn't have any children. And uh, now they were too, Elizabeth was too old to, to be pregnant, to bear a child. And I think, oh, that is so sad. So sad. Somebody who so much wanted a child and she couldn't have one now because she was just too old. And sometimes the girls and boys... Um, oldies here too, sometimes in days gone by, people were really horrible to those who couldn't have children. To married couples that didn't have children, they used, to, they used to scorn them, they used to mock them, they used to take the mickey out of them. And especially the women who couldn't have. Somebody mentioned Hannah in the Bible, and she had the mickey taken out of her something badly because she didn't have any children. And it was an awful thing that people did that kind of thing and uh, were so bad uh, to their mum, to the people who couldn't have uh, children. And uh, this, uh, this lady was old. Uh, she was quite ancient, I'm, I would think. But I don't think that, that it gives her any support. You'll be pleased to hear this, grandmas and great-grandmas. You'll, you'll be pleased to hear that. I don't think it's any support that you're going to have children any time soon in your old age. I think you'll take great comfort from that because uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Anyway, so there they were, and she didn't have children, and this was so hard for Elizabeth because she was a, a wife, and she was the wife of a priest. The priest was somebody who would stand up the front, and he was so prominent, and uh, everybody knew who he was, and everybody knew who Elizabeth was. And it was a hard time uh, for them both. One day, Zechariah was serving in the temple. That's what we read about. He was serving in the temple. And who came to meet him in the temple? Yes. An angel. Do you think we should give your mum a sweet as well? Yeah, give him a... Yeah, an angel came to meet, uh, uh, not just any old angel, not a, a lowly angel. The angel of the Lord came down. His name was... Gabriel, go on, give her a sweet. She's a, she's a mum, so she can have a sweet today. His name was Gabriel. I should have looked it up. I didn't know what Gabriel means. But the angel said this, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. 
for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. So this was going to be their son. He was going to be some special dude, was this John the Baptist. And the angel was talking to Zechariah, and Zechariah was standing there. He must have thought, what on earth is going on? And he was very puzzled at what was going on, and and he questioned what Gabriel was saying to him. And Gabriel says, look, you don't believe me? You're going to be struck dumb. You're not going to be able to speak until this baby is born. And that's what happened to Zechariah. But this isn't about Zechariah today, this morning. Uh, But uh, uh, their prayers uh, became, they were answered. And Elizabeth became pregnant and she was overjoyed at the blessing of new life that had come into her life. And this is what she says. Um, this lady who believed in miracles, the Lord, the Lord has done this for me. It was a miracle. It just happened naturally. The Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So she had a baby and her disgrace was taken away. Nobody can mock her anymore. Nobody could scorn her or take the mickey out of her anymore because God had worked a miracle and given Elizabeth a baby. She believed God. She believed in miracles. And she was over the moon. Over the moon because God had done this wonderful thing uh, for her. Now it takes nine months for a little baby to grow in the womb of its mother. And when Elizabeth was six months pregnant, that's two-thirds of the way through her pregnancy. She, she kind of lived out of town in a, in a village somewhere and somebody came to visit her uh, when she was six months pregnant. Now, who was that who came to visit? Yeah. Mary, that's right. Mary, who was to be the mother of our Lord Jesus, came to visit um, Elizabeth... And when she went into the room, when Mary went into the womb, you know, believe this or believe it not, the Lord spoke into her, into Elizabeth's womb, and there was little, little John the Baptist being formed there in his mum's tummy. And as soon as Elizabeth walked into the room and greeted, <clears throat> uh, as soon as Mary walked into the room and greeted Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth's tummy, it leapt for joy. Isn't that wonderful? I think absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, I believe these things that that baby actually did. Hear the voice of Mary. And he leapt for joy in the womb, knowing, knowing that Mary was to be the mother of his Lord. Mary was to be the mother of, John, uh, of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she was pleased. Elizabeth was pleased. John inside the womb was pleased. Everything was happening, going off. In that, in that little room there. And then Elizabeth had the baby and she called it John. Not it, called he, John, uh, who became known as John the Baptist, as you all know. <clears throat> the neighbours uh, said to her, they still weren't overtaking the mickey out of people. The neighbours said to her, Elizabeth, what are you talking about? You can't name the baby John. You've got to name the baby Zachariah after his dad. I mean, that's, that's how things go. You're wrong. You can't do that. And uh, she said, no, his name's going to be John. And then Zechariah was released from this dumbness, from this muteness. And they turned and said, what's his name? Well, he wrote it down. He said, his name is John. And then he was released. He could speak. And he said, his name is John. I should have looked up what John means. I don't know what it means. But girls and boys, 
mums and dads, uh, this birth uh, was a miraculous birth, and Elizabeth believed in miracles, and she was tremendously blessed because of what God had done for her. And John the Baptist was born, and then we go on a few years hence, and he became the one who introduced the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. He became a herald. He became a front-runner who introduced the Lord Jesus into the world. But that's, that's a little way ahead of what this story is about. So Jesus was born, and he was the Messiah. He was the one that people had been waiting for. Now, I want to ask you a question, because I'm not going to be too long. Because uh, I want to ask you this question. All this happened 2,000 years ago. Uh, is it applicable? Here we are in 2019. Here we are in the 21st century. And uh, we say, well, that's a nice story about Elizabeth uh, believing in miracles and John uh, being born. But I want to ask you this question. Do you think, do you think that God is just as powerful today to do such things? Do you think, as I said before, he's not going to come and make elderly ladies have babies in their old age? It's not about that. It doesn't mean that. But do you think God is just as powerful now in the 21st century as he was then, way back 2,000 years ago? Uh, Listen, there is nobody like God. I'm going to ask the question. I didn't didn't mean to ask the question. Sorry. (laughs) There was nobody like God those thousands of years ago, and there is nobody like God even here today. God is just as powerful here in 2019 as he was then. He still has no rivals. He still has no equal. Our God reigns supreme. Take that away with you. God reigns supreme. Um, And I'm glad that that uh, that is so. And I can hear Cog's whirring in people's brains uh, because people do this and some people say uh, you God reigns supreme you come off it that's that's just not so look at the trouble that's in the world look at all that's going on in the world open your eyes can't you see the state of the world don't you don't you see it's terrible don't you think awful things are happening and you say your God reigns it's a joke of course he doesn't reign with all these awful things that are happening, happening in the world. There's terrorism happening in the world. Girls and boys, it is a terrible thing that's going on. I don't, want to, I don't want to burden you with those sort of things this morning. But we live in a world that isn't a nice world at times, where people are not very nice uh, to one another. My friends, all this means is it's our fault. We've let the world get out of control. We've gone the wrong way. We've done things and said things that hadn't ought to have been said and done. And we live in a fallen world. And a fallen world, we call it a fallen world from the Garden of Eden when God created the perfect, beautiful world. And then man sinned. And ever since then, it's gone downhill. And we live in a world which is a fallen world. To put it bluntly, we live in a world of our choosing. This is the world we chose those thousands of years back in the Garden of Eden. And we chose to live, girls and boys, mums and dads, we chose to live, we choose to live as our own masters. As our own masters. What we want is what we put I on the throne. 
And uh, the result is, yeah, that's, that's what it is. The result of living in our own world is me, me, me first, you first. I want to be number one. I want to be the one uh, that calls all the shots. I want to be the one that's in control. I want to be the master of my own life. But there's discontentment, there's hatred, there's even murder, and all horrible, horrible things going on in the world. And the world is a sad place, children. It's a sad place. But it can be different. We can, we can make it different. Well, how we, if we, there is the Lord, there is God there. We mustn't put our backs to God. We must turn to him. God says, turn back to me. It's called repentance. It's called turning away from your sin. It's called turning away uh, from having your own way. And we need to turn back to God. You say, well, how is that possible? We used to sing an old song. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. A way that is open and all may go in. At Calvary's cross, where the Lord Jesus bled and died for us, is where you begin when you come as a sinner uh, to Jesus. I want to ask you, children, grown-ups, have you done that? Have you turned from your sin? Have you turned to God and say, I don't want my sin to rule over me anymore. I want you to have your way. Have you turned to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because that's what it's all about. It doesn't hinge around John the Baptist, but it, it all pivots around the Lord Jesus Christ. And only he, grown-ups and children, only he can set you on the right path. Yes, our, our God still reigns. Our God still reigns, and he's the one that one day will make all things right. He will make all things right. That day might not be far away. It might be dozens of years away. I don't know. But one day, Jesus will come back and make things, all things right. There's a verse in the Old Testament. It says, Is the Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether or not what I say will come true. The Lord's arm isn't shortened. The Lord's arm is still stretched out. The Lord's arm is still strong. And he's the one that can make a difference in your life. He's the one. He's the only one who can save you. He, he's the only one that can make you be born again and give you a new life. It, it will be, people who have come to know Jesus, many here, it was a miracle that Christ came into your life and saved you. And it will be a miracle if God comes into your life and saves somebody else here this morning or sometime in the future. It's a miracle. And we say, God, do you love me? How much do you love me? And Jesus said, of course I love you. And he stretched out his arms and he said, I love you this much. I love you this much. And they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. And that's how much Jesus loved us. He died in our place. We deserved it, girls and boys, to die and be cut off from God. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to make the way back to God, to my Father possible and this is the good news of the gospel gospel means good news and this is the good news that christ died for us he took our sin and he took the anger of god upon himself i'm finished i'm done will you turn to the lord jesus even this morning whether you're a boy or a girl or maybe you're a bit longer in the tooth uh, here today just want to say that jesus is passing by here this morning don't let him pass you by. Call out to him because he's the only one.
that can save you. Well, I'm done now, so are we going to sing a song? What, what are we singing now? Kevin, where are you? Oh, there you are. Oh, he's tucked on the corner. Little Jack Horner. <laughs>